Hello and welcome to the Bipolar Feminist Podcast. This is your host Nikita Ramkisun and today we're talking about how men can be feminists. I can't believe we still need to talk about this, but here we are. Trigger warning. This episode makes mention of sexual violence and other forms of gender-based discrimination. If feminism is advocating for equality of rights and opportunity between all genders, then it is easy to say that everybody should be feminist. And let's get this out of the way. Every man is sexist. Every man has the potential to make remarks that are sexist, express opinions that put women at a disadvantage, or act with inappropriate force. Some may not mean to do so, but as a form of unconscious bias, this is an indisputable fact. By the same token, Every white person is, to a degree, racist. Every straight person is at least a little bit homophobic. And every able-bodied person is a tad ableist. We live in a world where institutions and systems are usually designed to advantage men. And in most societies, white men. Some indeed do try to make the conscious decision to be aware of their privilege, and many, if not all, still falter at some point or the other. Men don't have an understanding of what it means to be marginalized based on gender. So can someone who has no lived experience of being a gender minority be feminist? When men say they are feminist, does that simply mean that they are announcing their allyship? Or are they taking seats at the table that should be reserved solely for people with these lived experiences? One of the major goals of feminism has always been the empowerment of all genders. People generally only see the basic aims that women should be bosses just like men, women including women of color should be successful, and who let their men know in no uncertain terms that they aren't irreplaceable. If those are the only goals, then yes, there's not a whole lot of reason for men to call themselves feminists, except perhaps in secondary supporting capacity. But feminism is not only about women's empowerment. While feminism often takes the form of critique, especially of misogyny and the tendency to dismiss and deride femaleness and femininity, or any expression of femininity, it is as much about empowering men to break the shackles of patriarchy, and not just for gender equality, but economic and racial equality too. Let's get this straight. Misogyny is a cage for everyone. As long as gender minorities aren't free, those who benefit from patriarchy won't be either. So pretending that it's okay for men to not actively do the work and be a sidelined spectator to the efforts that feminists make worldwide is just, in a word, lazy. What passes for being a feminist ally instead of actively participating in dismantling patriarchy suits men perfectly. It requires nothing of them, doesn't challenge them in any way, and offers women and other gender minorities neither equality nor liberation, all the while making men look like heroes for supporting the movement. Although there are enough reasons for men to be feminists without taking self-interest into account, we should all want equality for all people, regardless of gender. Put simply, feminism as practiced by men more often than not, is just decent manners. This behavior is the inspiration behind the old joke heard at women's events everywhere. Have you heard the one about the feminist man walking into a bar? He tripped over it because it was set so low. When men are not working to change the system from which they benefit, they are not feminist. They are merely spectators. I would say that many men intellectually understand male privilege and can see it, but also they like how it makes their life easier. And it's not just those men who apply for jobs when they only fit one criteria, thereby displacing a faceless woman who is better for the job. 
but it's also about those men who actively push women, especially women of color and other gender minorities, down because they need to be on top else they will inevitably fail, as they are so mediocre. Should the system demand more of them, they would have to up their game. So they might want to do the right thing, but it's hard, and the status quo works for them, so they perpetuate the system time and time again. Many men use the fake indicator of progress, of acknowledging their privilege publicly while working against it privately. And this has tricked many liberals into thinking that they are actively bettering conditions for women and women of color. Social media holds an immense influence in this way of thinking. It's simple to tweet that you're doing the work, add the word feminist to your bio, attend a protest and donate to a fund, not without Instagram evidence on a heavily hashtagged post, of course. But once it comes down to the real hard work, the momentum stops. Oftentimes, our social media presence reflects how we want to be perceived, rather than our authentic selves or our real day-to-day -day experience. Being woke is on trend, and everyone is tapping in, virtually at least. Despite sexism being a structural problem, individual actions still matter. People may believe in equality and show it on a virtual stage while opting out of decisions that are hard for them personally, such as making space for and sharing power with women of color or speaking up for women in rooms where we are not. It's only logical that men do not speak for women on gender rights, and that they need to stay in their lane when it comes to discussing lived experience. But men who truly want to see the end of patriarchy will carve out a space in the movement for themselves so that their concerns are addressed alongside the concerns that women had since the dawn of patriarchy. In these spaces, men need to understand that their role is specific and they must be willing to be led by the very same people that their privilege disenfranchises. Men need to recognize that their privilege exists. Patriarchy is a structure that is kept in place by both institutions and social structures, as well as ordinary people. Recognizing that it exists and examining their own position in the system means understanding that they have been at the receiving end of a lot of privilege, big and small. They need to look at the gender roles in their own homes, how the rules and expectations are different for men and boys than from women and girls who belong even in the same family, and start undoing these norms. They need to end the boys will be boys attitude because while men aren't inherently creepy, we let creeps off the hook with this attitude. So drop it. This includes ending homophobia and not holding up to macho behavior as the gold standard. Men need to, as a whole, stop perpetuating ideas like boys don't cry. It's unhealthy. Toxic masculinity affects everyone and women tend to bear the brunt of this toxic masculinity. Men must also believe survivors and support us when we speak. Don't shame or blame survivors, don't trash our characters, don't call us liars or sluts. Don't say that we're looking for our 15 seconds of fame. Try create safe spaces for us to share our stories. Understand that every time we speak we are reliving our trauma, so don't make it about yourself. Don't make this a him too hashtag, don't say not all men, don't gaslight, don't derail, don't police what we say and for the love of God, do not re-trigger us. Learning consent should seem so basic. But men have to constantly be reminded that they need to recognize that power and consent are intertwined. Too many times women are afraid of saying no because we're terrified of what may happen if we do. Women are murdered for saying no. Women are raped for saying no. Women are shamed for saying no. Sex isn't a contest to see if you can convince a woman to say yes against her better judgment. Consent needs to be mutual, free and enthusiastic. Feeble no's are not yeses. Crucially, understand that consent can be withdrawn at any given time. It's not rocket science. There needs to be an understanding that sexual violence, harassment and assault are abuses of power and that abusive behavior exists on a spectrum. 
Yes, persistent requests for sending nudes are fundamentally different from rape, but it's still abusive behavior. Men invading our spaces, like our inboxes, feels like a violation. We wish for men to stop trivializing these issues, such as writing of traumatizing experiences as bad dates. They are so much more than that and can have a profound and long-lasting impact on our mental health and our physical well-being. And there needs to be an understanding that rape is about power. It's not about sexual gratification. It's about having power and control over another person physically, emotionally and psychologically. Three out of five rapists are also in consenting sexual relationships with other people. Or let me rephrase this. Rape is a particularly complex crime because it's about both power and violence. Rapists use sexual organs as the locus of the violence. But no, it is not about sex, at least not in the sense of being motivated by sexual attraction or uncontrollable sexual urges. It is about sex only in the sense that rapists only commit acts of sexual violence, but the pervasive threat of sexual assault is used to limit women's sovereignty and justify sexual assault itself. Understanding that complexity and how to deconstruct it, as well as helping survivors through the aftermath, is what can make men better feminists. We are constantly telling men to read feminist works and women writers, educating themselves about feminisms, history, goals, all of that stuff, it's easy, because there's near to unlimited information available. And there's not much that a simple Google search can't help with. Beyond white feminist things like The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood, there are so many books out there that can help guide you along the way, especially by women of color who experience oppression from multiple intersections. Now I'm addressing men directly. Introspecting and calling out misogyny should be a standard practice. Thinking about whether and how you and your friends and family might have been complicit in keeping patriarchy alive is step one. Don't participate in groups that share content that furthers misogynistic ideals. Call out your family members and friends if they're engaging with it, and especially when it is difficult to do so. Explain to them why such behavior is wrong, how it feeds into patriarchy and exacerbates power imbalances. Essentially, don't normalize misogynistic behavior. The time has come for a real shift in attitudes and culture. Recognize that even seemingly innocuous situations that may make women uncomfortable at a bar, in a classroom, in a board meeting, groups of men talking over women, excluding women's perspectives, or praising an idea only when it comes from a man, these are all too familiar occurrences that serve to exclude and marginalize women. Don't engage in locker room talk. Don't objectify women. I don't know why this is so hard for many men to understand, but for fuck's sake, boycott perpetrators. Don't give them a free pass. Don't give your favorite abusive comedian a standing ovation. Skip your favorite abusive movie director's show and leave your favorite writer's book in the bookstore if they're an abuser. If you know a perpetrator, out him to his boss, partner, family and friends. We are no longer playing nice and neither should you. If you're a business owner, don't employ men with a history of abuse or allegations of abuse against them. Don't give them platforms. Stop simping for problematic men just because you think they're cool. Fuck that noise. Men who don't understand that women's rights are human rights will never be feminists. This movement isn't about women or women's rights only. It's a human rights movement. Everybody has the right to live free from sexual violence, including men. Understanding that this is a human rights issue makes the gender movement inclusive. And also understand that by liberating women, men can be free from patriarchy too. Unfortunately, the world doesn't readily listen to women, and more often than not, although not always, when larger society does, it's because there's some sort of caveat on her ideas, such as her being white or having played the misogynist system so well to get to where she is. Society does, however, listen to men, unequivocally. So while we don't want you to speak up for us, we would love for you to speak up, 
make space, share power, so that we can speak without having to go through hell and back to be heard. Patriarchy and misogyny are used to manipulate, shame, and control people, marginalizing not just women, but men. And that's why men should be feminists. And it's true that sometimes male feminists imagine that their brave allies altruistically saving women by standing up for us. But dreams about men saving women are just another version of misogyny and totally paternalistic in nature. Misogyny is a cage for everyone. When you call yourself a male feminist, you shouldn't be doing it because you think you're going to save women. Do it because it's important for men to acknowledge that as long as women aren't free, the whole world isn't free. Thank you for listening. I would like to thank my patrons for making this podcast possible. Should you wish to support me, please subscribe to The Bipolar Feminist on Patreon or donate directly to Nikki Starfish on Coffee. Join me next week as I speak about online safety for women and other gender minorities.